we're gonna hit you with the bars real quick Hey, quarantine life, but my flow's still sick If I had a mate, I'd have a make you lemonade And I don't need to get laid, so don't be afraid Girl, I get paid, but I'm in pain Kinda like Wayne, first name Bruce Where the hell's I made with a goddamn juice? Every day's the same, deja vu Bring in the wine, yeah, bring in the zan Pump up my songs, yeah, let's do a dance You the kind of girl that made me cancel my plans You the only girl I let a pay for only fans Alright, so I just accidentally called 911 and um, I haven't done that since I was a kid. Let me turn this volume up. I feel like you can't really hear me. Alright, yeah, I feel like I haven't done that since I was a kid. And um, I don't know. I did. I remember it happened once and we got in trouble or something or they like blamed me. I think we were like talking about it and I was like... Oh, do it, do it. But I I didn't actually do it. Somebody else did it. And so, um, yeah, I, I, um, I have this tripod thing that I put my phone on and I guess it was pressing the bumper. Then out of nowhere, I just hear like sirens. I was tripping out. I thought it was like a camera or something. And I find out, oh, my phone's trying to call. So I, I freaking press the button to, you know. So I don't know if I'm just expecting a call back or something or what, or maybe they're just busy. So, yeah. Um. Anyways, I have a guest. I believe his name is Leonard or Larry. His name here says Larry. And he's actually, he tried to get on, I believe, like a year ago or something like that. We just never got around to it. And, um. Never got around to it, and and I just, um, I'm like waiting by my door, too. I'm like, okay, somebody's probably going to come to my door or something, and, or either that or, or somebody's just going to call back. I don't know, but um, yeah, so let's just call this guy, and I just have a feeling that this is going to be an off-the-chain podcast, so I don't know what to expect, man. This guy's... <sighs> We already talked a little bit beforehand, and I just, I don't know. I don't know what to expect. So we'll see. Yo, good evening. Yeah. How's it going? Sorry, um, maybe that took a little longer than I thought. I freaking no, fine. I, I I accidentally called the police and um my I put my phone on like these bumpers or whatever and like it pressed all the buttons and you know how like emergent I don't know, my phone just started yeah. doing sirens and shit. And I was oh. like, Oh shit and so like I turned it off so I don't know. I, it looked like it was calling. I deleted it from my um uh, recent call so I don't accidentally do it again and yeah. I'm just like waiting on a call back or I'm scared somebody's gonna freaking come to me and, and I, I gotta be like hold on <laughs> yeah I don't know yeah accidentally calling the cops and then they ride to your doorstep and they'd be like any emergencies and no no I accidentally call you it was not meant to be and then just tell you oh okay then then yeah. just 
don't do that shit or something. They'll just give you they've, off. Like, they've uh, got other shit to do. Yeah, it's not like a butt dial a nine one one call. It's gonna be a serious charge. Yeah. Aside yeah. of being like other things that they should have been worried about. Yeah. But unfortunately, we don't live in that world where they can actually get things. Well, I mean, I don't blame the cops. It's not them. It's just the city that makes these crappy laws and and they expect the cops to do it. So then crime is rampant and they then the city explain are in their head and their asses explaining why our crime is not getting going away is it because it's because the people no it's just you and they're just so dense that they don't understand it's their problem that made it worse yeah anyways I mean, <laughs> I mean i would go through politics but i'm not sure how I mean, I mean, with your podcast, I think you, with you, like, done with political, like, uh, commentary, right? Not, I mean, a little bit, but I always kind of just say I'm, I'm, um, I don't really pick sides. I'm kind of open to things. Um, no, yeah, no. Yeah. I don't really have much of an opinion. I don't really, like, I mean, I do, yeah, but I, opinion I, would be yeah. I wouldn't identify no, I as something. I mean, in my job, you have to keep it quiet and discreet. And even one agreement or something, that'll get you into trouble. Because then corporate is like, oh, no, you can't agree with them. It's like, we're just making conversation. It's not like I've been serious with them. Yeah. I just had I a mean, podcast with somebody yesterday. I just went, I would I would never go as far to, like, rally or, like, join something. Maybe if there was something that actually had to do with me. Um, but I wouldn't. Sometimes I feel like people just join in on rallies and stuff to just feel like part of the trend or whatever. Yeah, I mean, it's just that maybe they just like, how do you put it? As if they were being like outcasts and they didn't, then they, when they find something common they agree with and they just decide to join and think it's a good cause. It's like, without any proper like search on it, why is this rally rallying up and what's the cause of it? No, they just decide to say, oh, I'll just go in because, you know, this is something I agree with and I should be a part of it. And I said, are you sure? Because, I mean, <laughs> I mean, this entire, the entire, um, the, I guess the social aspect of people now are just getting tired of the high increases of gas, food and stuff. And if people are going paycheck to paycheck, and then it doesn't help that with the current uh, victims of the Maui residents. It's, I guess when it comes to the federal government giving like a stimulus check, like a relief for the citizens of Maui, like $700. I can assure you $700 doesn't mean anything. It's expensive out there too. Yeah. And the only thing it's going to give is worth $700 is maybe, I don't know. It has to be something. And I can assure you probably be guessing that their food over there is not even cheap as well so maybe if you buy like a box of ramen it's probably going to cost you like maybe half like maybe like fifty dollars of it and you're like explain why just might as well just seal for your survival it's like you don't need the electronics you don't need the expensive clothes you just need food to survive and have a piece of shelter but then and then i heard uh, like news articles saying that the citizens of ukraine are getting paid like three thousand dollars per citizen i'm just like Wait, I don't get it. How does them matter to you, but not to your own people? I was like, I just don't get it. And 
and I guess I have more this the more I keep seeing this, the more distrust uh, the more I distrust uh distrust the government. And it just it just shows that how they're incompetent they are. And I, I don't even know what's going on at this point. And I'm just like and uh, what they I mean with no figurement, I guess no like uh with no uh how do you say? With no reason it's just we're just scrambling our heads at this point. And I guess I'm just at this point I wanna do make it like a hit like a bit of a difference, but I don't know how. I do have a voice, but it doesn't mean anything when you don't have anybody to back you up. And That's why you gotta vote. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you gotta vote. I mean I mean when I'm just very, very skeptical with the current, um, with the elections coming through because I, I don't know what's going to happen. Maybe they could rig the election and say, "Oh, you know, this our president is having another successful victory," and it was like, and this guy's like dead at this point. He's not even alive at this point. He's just there, non-existent. And the only reason why he's in power is because he could manipulate this guy into signing in bullshit laws, laws that we don't ask for. And then, and then while the others is like, I don't lean to Republican or Democratic. It's just I'm more like the common with like the entire common citizen of the United States, where they just want a decent law where people can actually have a decent wage, a decent home, with a decent accommodations, and something that they will be okay with, and not have to deal with these with the chaos. It's like people just want a normal life. How hard is that? Oh no, because it is hard. They just try to, they just try to uh, like s- divide us into like two ways. You either do this one or this one, and there's no in between. Because if you choose in between, then you're both outcast by two sides of the party. And and I jokingly said that one of my colleagues is like, you know what? I think I should make my own political campaign. And I just like, and they just like confused. Like, what? What do you mean? I was like, well. Uh, like instead of like voting for Republican or Democrat, I mean, there's other minor parties, yes, but they never go as far as like try to. I mean, they may they are close to reach to office, but I didn't say they are successful. I can assure you, within the next couple of months, they'll probably be out out about the people because they're not efficient. And what I think you should is is that. Uh, I think if I would have made a party, it would have just been like the Commonwealth of America, where all American citizens can agree on certain uh, agree on certain issues, like homeless crisis, hey, housing, uh, rents increase, and everything. Like it, it's something that people do not want to do this no more. And I mean, I don't know if people already been. I mean, there's certain people squatting and taking the house by by the way, no one around. But I don't know. Uh, I mean, aside of that, I mean. So do you just, do you vote? Um, I will soon, yeah, but it's just more lenient to the right. I mean, the only reason why I'm leaning more right is because, well, I I mean, I already seen how our state and federal government are doing. They're just doing absolutely nothing with the taxpayers, uh, taxpayer money. We pay these idiots in our in our government to do the job that we need them to do. 
And then when I see that the Pentagon lost maybe $16 billion to a war, I'm like questioning, why are you, how do you even lose it in the first place? If the IRS can detail our last penny on our last transaction, how could the IRS not scratch their head and say, how did the Pentagon lost $16 billion? Uh, they don't. They don't seem to question that. No, they question us. It's like, like the if in, yeah. with the IRS getting more people, it's like it's more useless. I just, I just don't get it. It's just like, what do you, what do you think would happen if the U.S. never put a dime into the Ukrainian war? Well, same with the, the previous president with Donald Trump. He did not go in war with Turkey or Syria, and he was focusing on the American public. He focused us, but then. The government within, it's like, no, we want to fund this war to them. It's like, it's our problem. It's like, no, it is not your problem. You're just neglecting our ne- neglecting the people that you're supposed to protect into a country that you don't even know and care. So when I see the war that started Ukraine with Russia, I'm like, can we just stay out of it? It's like, we're already having problems for, within our nation where homeless people are now everywhere and the fentanyl crisis is already increasing. I'm like, we should take care of this, not the people over there. It's not our concern. And then what makes it more interesting is that the entire European Union are not funding either. They're not even funding like half a billion in there. They're just not, they're just there, just like, oh, oh, go to Ukraine. Oh, oh, go, go, go. And then while the United States is putting like billions and billions of dollars into their war for no cause, the UK and Germany, all Western nations, how about They're this? They're not doing anything. How about this? What if um, Russia trying to take over Ukraine is a threat to, or maybe, or maybe it's the other way around? It's America sticking our nose in some business. That's what I'm saying. Because like, we, we feel... should not be in sticking in our nose to every every nation's business or any cause of war. So that's why I was just, I was I'm like confused about it. I was like, why 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 would you go into their business? It's not your concern. Sure. Russia Maybe it's us just kind of strong arming to let them know, like, hey, we've got we're I don't know we're just we're just being dumb. I mean, when and I when I say we, I'm saying. I don't know the the government, not necessarily us, and that's very dangerous. You don't you don't really want to go to war with Russia, and so we're kind of like instigating ourselves. It seems like. Mm-hmm. But then, but then within the nation itself, aside of government, the people of Ukraine and Russia, they don't want to deal with this. They don't want to go to war for something that is not theirs. It's the higher ups that they wanted to. They're eager to scratch their necks to fire the trigger, and. Well, the United States, we don't even want to go to war. Plus, we don't want to die. Nobody wants to die. So when I see that they were funding, funding money and military equipment, they should have been us that should have been taking care of us, not to them. And that's include. I mean, if I heard, I mean, they're doing mass censorship in Russia. And, I mean, obviously with the restrictions of branding there because of the wars. So it's just like it's already making it difficult for the common people in Russia to get things needed, or here's things of the other side of the story. Instead of hearing their uh, hearing their propaganda, thinking all oh, Russia is like this, no. And while the Ukraine is suffering mass casualties, including Russia itself, but it, it, I mean, and to be in, I don't know. It's what I think is it's just mass war profits. That's what I'm seeing. I mean, they're seeing is that you could get. I mean, you can't get anything. You cannot just donate to people 
and like say donate one billion dollars to the homeless people in the United States because they're not going to get you anything back. But then if you go to war, you could get your money back within there. So it's what I'm thinking is it's just government greed and incompetence. That's all I see. I mean, as much as I want to trust the government, I just have a hard time trusting it. And then I don't trust uh, bigger corporations or stuff. I like. I'm already having a hard time with like corporate, uh, like corporate issues already. I mean, like they cannot, if for the love of God, not even give me my compensation check because they screwed up. And now I have to call them and say, hey, let me get my money. You're screwing me over with some money. Like the government is not helping me. And I'm not, you're, I'm not even trusting you. So who am I supposed to trust? I mean, I can't get my money in. I have to find a job sooner or later. I'm well, there goes the uh, politics segment of the show. I guess we can move on. I mean, it's it's just scattered. It's it's not like I'm serious. It's just it's like me bitching about it. It's like I'll bitch about it and I just move on with my life, and then I just continue what else is going to screw me over. Yeah, right. Also, the what, people inside what gas stations. Do? I mean, I swear to God, I just just on. Uh, let's see, today's Friday. Wednesday night, right before we are starting to leave, because I'm training a new guy. It was 10 minutes before we closed. So it was 10:50, and this guy decided to. And I was, I already closed everything. The only one, it was just this one pump open, and this guy wanted to get gas. How much I want to say, hey, dude, you gotta go. I let him because I said, okay, he just got here, and and, and this guy just wants some gas. How 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 bad is it? No, he took him five minutes to fill up with gas, which it was like probably like $50 or something. So then after he finished, the next person came around. I'm like, can I just go home? I had to train this new guy how to close and everything. And then this lady was upset because I told her you can't go. And she was like, well, you guys close at 11, right? It's like, yes, but I have to close. And she was like, no, 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 that's bullshit. I need your manager. I was like, well, if you want the manager, you're going to have to walk across the parking lot and get him yourself because by the time we even come back, it's already well past 11. And, I, and instead of me just confronting this lady, I just like, okay, fine. You'll be the last one, but that's it. If another person comes up by, it's on you. And guess what? Uh, like not even two minutes later, the, some random lady with a Camaro came by. It's like, are you guys open? I'm just like dying inside. It's like, can I, can I just please go home? Like, I do not want to stay and work any longer. And then I told, I told that lady, no, we're done. She's the last one. She's not going to be, you're not going to be getting any gas. And she got really upset. I was just like, what is with people coming up? It's like, you come here so often in the gas station. You shouldn't know what time do we close. Now, and, and this goes with the same thing inside the stores. It's like, you guys shop here every day. And you're going to tell me you guys don't know what time we close? It just baffles me because they have these people lack so much awareness that they they revolve them thinking that they're entitled for this and that. And I was like, well, I'm sorry, it doesn't work like that. We have time that what we open and close. If you don't like it, go to a different store. There's Winkos. Hell, freaking gas station food. If you need certain stuff, I don't know. I don't care. And I guess it was already like around eleven. Oh five, I mean, they didn't get their gas. So what happened was is that once it hit a, like a certain time, like once past 11, then it immediately shuts down the uh, the gas 
that means that you cannot do cash or uh, debit cards. So those two ladies, they were like annoyed and I was relieved at the same time. And I was like, oh, thank God, I don't need them to fill gas. But, and I told her, well, you got to come back here in the morning or go back. And I'm just like, and I was so angry that I, that I, I didn't even say anything. And then when I got to my car, and I, I mean, I just, I see two Priuses coming in. And this guy did not see the cones, did not see the locks on the pumps. He got out of his car and tries to use the pump while the chain was locked. And I had to yell at him across the parking lot that we're closed. And the other lady was there all shocked as if this was big news to her. I was like, are you this fucking stupid? Like, how do you not see? I was like, and I was so stressed out. I just, I just, I just left immediately. I just like press the gas and just get the fuck out. And I was like, and I was yelling at them. It's like, you guys are fucking stupid. Get out of here. Like, do you guys really need to get, tell something? Does someone really need to tell you that we're closed? Come on. It's common sense. It, you do not need someone to tell you that it's closed. You could just see it and it's closed. Sounds stressful, man. Sounds stressful. Wait, what? I said it sounds stressful. Oh, no, it is beyond that, but... You know, in other in other states like New Jersey and stuff, they pump the gas for you. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah, they. I mean, I could imagine... I mean, a bunch of New Jerseyans that they can't pop it themselves because I can imagine they'll get to a, like a heated altercation with a, maybe an employee or another person next to them and then they use the gas pump to like set them on fire or something. <laughs> I think that goes in Port uh, in Oregon, I think. They do the same thing like New Jersey. You cannot pump it yourself. I've never I've never thought of, of like ever setting spraying spraying somebody with the gas from the gas hose. But there was like one time I was sitting in the car and my buddy was putting gas, and he just he just like went up to the thing and like pressed it. it. Was like yeah, but I think there's actually locks on it, so it's like it knows when it's not in a gas pump. I believe like yeah, at least you some had to push like a little. You had to press it a little bit in order to get release gas like the pressure. So yeah. yeah, so that's what I'm thinking. I mean, it's already nasty enough where you have to. Um, Get gas. I mean, obviously, gas is always going to be around, but the people touching the pumps, it has more bacteria than the toilet seat that you have in your bathroom. And I guess that's why I'm always wearing gloves every time I go to the gas station, because I never will trust any gas station attendants other than myself that is clean, because... No, I, I just how how could I trust you? The way I you could just tell the moment you go inside of a gas station, the way how it is. If it's clean, then the person knows what they're doing. They keep them up and cleaned up and make sure it's not dirty. But then if you go to another gas station where it's like trash everywhere with a lot of like oil stains on the concrete and everything, then that's how that lets you know that hey, this guy doesn't give a shit about this gas station. We just want to do his part, and that's it. And so that's why. I always wear gloves and try to avoid as much as the nastiest parts of any gas station of in the state. Interesting. Interesting. I know. Oh, I mean, I'm a, it's, it's just because I'm a germaphobic. It's just how my dad taught me. It's just like whenever he gets, whenever I clean, when a, well, he shows me how to clean, and then I do it the same thing. So whenever he told me you got to clean the sink and toilet. I do it, but the way how he does it is just grab a, it isn't like a, how do you say it, 
those toilet brushes that we all have find in the stores. No, it's different. It's like a one of those sponges that you get from the um, from the kitchen sink, and then you use it. So I think we just do this. We do the sink, and then we use the toilet thing afterwards, and immediately throw it away while you're wearing gloves, obviously, because no one wants to touch their uh, touch their um, what is it? Touch their hand in the toilet. So. I already had my first-hand experience with that because, well, back in the first grade, well, so-called friend um, decided to think it was f- funny for him to... He said this because there was something in the toilet. Uh, what is those? Uh, stand-up urinal canisters or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The um, Like the those, soaps or whatever? Yeah, then this is back in elementary school. So I was naive. Obviously, I was that naive. So, And I put my hand in the toilet. And there was like a weird, long piece of me- uh, metallic object it was i think it was like a piece of metal i don't know so what happened is he's like he he's like saying oh you touched the toilet and i was like dude you made me to and he denied the actions and i was like dude i'm not that fucking stupid but then i forgot it and then maybe like 30 minutes later if i can remember our teacher was saying he's like okay uh, let's see if any anyone who's found anything interesting today and say so the guy raised his hand and it's like yeah Leo touched his hand in the toilet. I was like, this motherfucker. Really? You're going to rat me out like that, huh? I thought we was boys. So, no. And then what makes it more terrifying is that she put me across like she... And this was like, for some reason, this was like an instant war crime. You get punished. And I was sent to a different classroom. And I was put in that little corner. I was like, what the fuck did I do? I just touched the toilet. And then and I remember this was a rainy day. It was like... It was raining, and it could have been much worse. It has to be a rainy day where you, your father has to come out of work and have been told that your son has touched his hand in a toilet. Mm-hmm. And, and, I, I, and then the moment I left, left the school, I, I could just tell by his disappointment. Right. And he told me this, so you touch your hand in the toilet, huh? I was like, but he may. I, like, I don't care. You, you let somebody tell to touch your hand in the toilet. Right, and I have right. never been ashamed in my life. And, that, and then I guess Until that... Then built a development of a cynical attitude at the very young age because never being trustworthy to people and never again i have been so distrustful and i just i just i mean isolation is like one of my best things i could go i just go away disappear and never cease to exist so now i just like uh now whenever i see a toilet i always wear gloves and i i mean as by God, if I have to be reminded again by him, I would, I would just punch his face. It's like, you stop reminding me that. That was just the one-time thing I did, and I hated it. Never trust a person like that again. It could have been so worse, dude. I've had something like that happen. Um, it could have been worse, dude. He could have pulled his dick out and was like, hey, I heard like if you put your mouth on it, you fucking you get set on fire. And you would have done it, and, and the teacher would have been asked and be like, yeah, Leonard sucked my dick. And then you would have got because this was back then. How old are you? I'm like 23 now, and I was oh, okay. six at the time. Okay, yeah, dude, I had something like that happen to me in the first or second grade. We had a. I feel like I've told this story multiple times on this show before, but whatever, I'll say it again. Um, second or first grade, we had a substitute teacher. Is this Asian fella? And I don't know, every time you get a substitute teacher, the class just goes into a frenzy depending on the class. And they're just like, oh, yeah, no rules, you know, like, no. Exactly. And, we all there. and so um, 
I remember where I went to school, they would, every time we had a sub or a rainy day or whatever, they would always, and it's actually kind of a coincidence, we'd always watch this movie about germs. It was like this animated fucking movie about like germs. And I feel like I could find it on YouTube if I want. And it like shows, I don't know, somebody sneezing on their hand and then they touch a doorknob and then it travels. It, it was cool. And I remember, I think this is going on, and I had this fucking Indian guy sitting next to me. Forgot his name. First person to ever call me a retard. Yeah, it was the second grade. It was the second grade. Uh, because I like Dragon Ball Z, and in Dragon Ball Z, they would wear wristbands. And so yeah. I grabbed like a little hand towel and tied it around my wrist and came to school because I wanted to look like Goku. And this Indian guy was like, what the fuck are you wearing or something? I was like, what? I, it's like Goku. I was like, I want to look like Goku. And he's like, you look retarded. I'm like, what's retarded? And that's how I learned what retarded meant. And so um, this same Indian guy, um, he fucking like really wanted to see my dick. And, um, at a young age, yeah, second grade, man. And is he really been into the male anatomy? I don't fucking know, man. But I mean, maybe he was just like a kid who grew up in a bad environment. I don't fucking know. But the same guy who called me a retard also tricked, I tricked uh, me into showing him my dick. And he's like, I was just like, what was fair enough for me? And maybe this gay on my end, we we're just kind of laughing about it. I was like, I'll, I'll show you mine if you show me yours, you know? And so he just kind of like flashes real quick and then it's like, your turn. And I just kept doing it, you know, like I did it way more than he did it. Like he barely did it. And I was like, you know, Such a bitch. and so, um, yeah, he conned me. And so like in the middle of me taking my dick out, the substitute teacher sees it. And I, like, you thought I felt bad accidentally calling the police, accidentally calling 911. I felt horrible when the teacher saw my dick. Oh my God, my ears just started ringing. That's how embarrassed I am. And the teacher was like, is this Asian teacher? He just saw it and was like, hey, don't do that. And just walked away. And, and like for the <laughs> longest time, I was like, oh my God, oh my God, am I gonna get expelled? Oh my God, am I gonna get like, you know, like, oh my God, I'm gonna get in so much trouble. But he didn't do nothing. And it like bothered, like, I mean, I still remember it to this day. But as I got older, I was like, you know what? Like if the roles are reversed, if you're a fucking substitute teacher and you see two second graders showing each other their dicks, you would just kind of be like, yeah, that's a bet. You'd just be like, hey, don't do that, and then walk away. You know, the worst, I guess, worst case scenario, I never thought of the teacher's like, oh, you want to see this? Here, come here. And then, you know, start sucking it. That'd be, that would have had fucked me up. That would have been like, that would have been like something next level. That would have fucked me up. Scandal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it happens, though. That, that I bet is, it happens. Unfortunately. Shit that I, I mean, I'm going to say that, yeah, that was, that's some next level weird shit coming from that dude. Curious of seeing your end of the stick. Yeah, I always think about him. I wonder if he's still fucking alive to this day. I forgot his name. First time I think I mean, I've I ever really. I'm too surprised if he just started asking people, "Let me see your your, your end one of the time." Stick. I think also in the second grade, the same class, we had this one kid. I think his name was like Spencer or something, like a white kid. There was like two white kids. One of them was like stringy blonde hair. He fucking peed himself. Because the uh -oh. teacher wouldn't let him use the bathroom. And I remember we did a project with like M&Ms or some shit. And I, like his name was Blake. Yeah, I remember this. Uh, and, and Blake 
was the only one out of all the kids with all his M&Ms. He fucking smashed his M&Ms into like one big fucking chocolatey mash ball. And everybody, and he's just having a ball. Like, look what I did. And then the teacher just stared at him. And everybody's like, bro, what is wrong with you? And the teacher's like, kids, remind me to never give Blake M&Ms again. The teacher was so, teacher hated Blake. And, um... And so, yeah, one time he had to use the bathroom, and the teacher was like, no, you can't. No, you can't. I don't know why. And then Blake fucking pissed his fucking chair, dude, his little plastic chair. And then the oh, teacher God. was just like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I didn't know. I didn't know. Like, and then I think the relationship changed from then. But anyways, there's this other – not that kid. I just wanted to shout out to Blake. I wonder if he's still alive. There's this other – man, dude, isn't just having a flashback of all these kids in the second grade. But, of course, they're second graders. But maybe it's the um, – I, I don't think narcissist is the best word for it. Just my ego or being arrogant. I feel like, oh, yeah, I just felt so much smarter than – when he was to your perspective was it did you think that he his world revolves about him and whenever like he whatever is someone acquaints to him he doesn't like give him that much any notice unless it's something that he he needs from that person something Wait, what's the like, question oh. like what no like the person that you're mentioning like right now who's, who's saying that he's not narcissistic but oh no i'm talking about myself because there are some people oh. like i look back on and there's like a handful of kids that were like really dumb you know, but I have to try as an adult, I kind of give myself credit like, okay, maybe we're all just kids. But like as a kid, I remember like thinking all of these guys are really dumb, but I'm not the smartest tool in the drawer either. Like I, as I got older, I was like, damn, I'm kind of dumb too. Like I, and, <laughs> and maybe there's some people that have these like interactions with me growing up and they just will never forget. Like some people bring shit up. And I was like, damn, I forgot I did that. And I'm like, dude, when I think of you, that's the first thing I think of. You breaking pencils over your head. I'm like, bro, what the fuck? Um, but no, there was this, eh, I guess it's not important. There was, I, yeah, I'm done. That's enough ranting on that. I just. <laughs> no, you're fine. I mean, look, trust me. I, I mean, aside of that, like, what I do is, I'll say fast forward, um, I'd say if I can remember, maybe 13, I was in a, yeah, seventh grade. I was sitting right next to a best, like a friend, you know, and we were in, I think it was in the morning. And, and so one day I just, I, you know, I, I smelled like a really bad, it was really bad. It was about like a bad odor, like bad odor. And I sniffed it, it was right next to me. And I, and I told the dude, dude, you take a shower? It's like, no, I never do. And so pure disgust. I, even as a kid, I don't take showers too often. I'll say I showered maybe once or twice a week before. But after that, after that day, I decided to take a shower regularly. Outside of maybe if it's my day off, then I won't. But I take a shower like five to six days a week now. Ever since that kid, he, he does not <laughs> shower. And I have felt so violated in my nose, like as if I was being taken advantage of it. <laughs> and I didn't say anything. I, did, I just told the guy, did you take a shower? He's like, no. And I was like, oh, okay. I said, so what? Your parents don't care? He's like, oh, no, they don't. I was like, oh, that explains why. Maybe they so, save money with the water. I don't fucking uh, know. I don't know, but I mean, that goes... I mean, this that guy is. I mean, when it comes to personal hygiene, I really take it very seriously. So whenever I see a person smells so bad, I I just hold my breath. I mean, anybody will hold their breath, but this guy, it was just putrid. I was like, I was like, how how do you, how do you go with this every day and not be 
and no one telling you that you stink like shit. I don't get it. So and then so now then I fast forward to COVID. Now I was like instead of me taking showers regularly, now I disinfect my hands before I even leave to work. So I put it I'll say rubbing alcohol on my hands and then disinfect my phone and stuff. Stuff like that. Hell, I go and clean my my utensils and everything just to be sure. I'm just I'm just it's just going so bad, like because I mean even before COVID, people will make fun of you for having a consistent hygiene or disinfecting the things that it's important. And they make fun of you if you're saying, oh, you're a germ freak. But then when COVID came around, everybody that made fun of you are doing the same thing that they make that you're doing. And then, oh, no, wait, whenever you call them out, so it's the irony. They say, oh, no, no, that was different. You know, this is this is a pandemic. Pandemic. I say, no, it's not a pandemic. It's just because it's a pandemic doesn't excuse you that you were making fun of me. So it's just pretty hilarious. So, I mean, when it comes to people, I, I mean, they are. There's so many people that are so fucking stupid. And one day, this guy, these two couples, they just got out of the hospital because they were test, uh, test positive for COVID, which is already big bad big news. But what made it more terrifying is that the doctor said that oh you're okay you're just tested positive just go to the pharmacy and get yourself the covid test kit that's what the doctor said and i and i told him you're not supposed to be here the only reason why you're here is because if you have no other options if you you have to have somebody pick it up for you relatives friends neighbors if those three don't come by then yes come through the pharmacy by by any means but for the love of god wear some gloves and mask just for your protection for me and everybody's safety including you and thank god they were very aware because they said yeah I, the doctor didn't said that i was like well i'm gonna have a word for that doctor tell him how stupid you are so and that was already one bad case i already had multiple cases where that and i hell, i, I even one of the clinics, I'd say the La Clinica clinic in Oakley was telling me, oh, do you guys have sell test kits here? And I said, yes, yes, we do. And, and I say, and the lady on the phone saying this, oh, yeah, because we're going to send a patient that is tested positive for COVID. And I was like, and I told her this, well, no, do not, do, do, do not even bring it here. Have somebody pick it up for him. I confronted that lady on the phone and I made it very stern. And then right after I hung up, the, the pharmacist was like, what did you say? What did you do? What did they say to you? It's like, and I told him, this lady in the farm, in the clinic is going to give someone, come here with COVID and infect everybody because that after that day, like after I'd say like a hellish week inside the store, everybody simultaneously got COVID. So that let everyone understaffed. So we were already paranoid enough inside the pharmacy. So me doing that, it was me doing a favor for everybody that goes, including the clinic because I was not having it. So fast forwarding to, I would say maybe this March, a lady came by, tested positive for tuberculosis. And thing is, it's airborne. But thank God we are all vaccinated. And she didn't wear a mask. No. Yeah, and her kid is right next to her. She had a kid and his husband. I was like, oh, great job. Great, great job, job, lady. You tested positive for tuberculosis. Do you want to infect your kid now? Great job. Well done. And I was so mad. I was so angry. I was like, I, 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 don't, I don't have words for it. The moment she left, I, I, I disinfect the entire air, the entire things that she touched, and I'm just like, we're done. And then maybe five minutes later, 
a homeless guy. And he, I'm assuming he has, he obviously doesn't take a shower. He's he's homeless already. He it's like the definition of a metallic smell mixed with smoke, urine, and maybe piss, uh, uh, shit at the same time. It was bad. So, and and he paid with cash with his wrinkly, dirty dollar. And I can assure you, and this is why I don't like touching money. I, I, that's why I go debit. And, and you never know where you can find a dollar bill is going to be at. It could be dropped in the toilet and somebody will think, oh, it's still usable and put it in their pocket yep, and me. give it to the person that's needing the cash. That is filthy. So that's why I, you I would just hate work my house, just dude. My it. house is disgusting, bro. I mean, I'm a good clean freak. I can clean up the entire house. Dust. I go crazy when I see an ounce of dust. And I can assure you, I'll get it done. And I'll be like, this house is entirely clean. I'm in my garage. I have workout mats that have just dust all over them. And the savage in me, I probably won't even clean it. I'll just work out on it. I mean, ironic because because uh, when I'm at work, I, yes, I clean a lot, and, I, and plus it goes by fast. But when I'm home, I'm lazy, and I, and and that's because I have my games here. You know, I got something to eat, and I don't need to go as much as everywhere. So it it just it just pushes on. Instead of me doing it at three o'clock, I push it at four, five, and six until it gets dark, and I'm like, okay, I gotta do it now. And then, so what how bad? How bad? Me, Why are you doing? Because I'm just lazy. How bad did COVID affect you when it first started happening? I mean, to be honest, it was a blessing in disguise. I really don't want to interact with people. Oh, yeah. I hate people in general. <laughs> like, even as a kid, when at the age of six, if I can remember. No, I remember very strongly this because this was like a core memory leading in it. Because when I was at preschool, that uh, we were outside. And I think it was a cloudy day. Everyone was playing you know, they're playing on the playground set, building sandcastles and shit. And and there was me, far away from everybody else, with those double-gated uh, double fence. Me sitting down and looking out the world, like, as if I wasn't, I was in awe. I was looking at painting. And then the teacher came by and said, hey, hey, uh, go, to, go over them and go talk to them. And I was just looking and confused, like, bitch, do you not see me thinking? What? Why would I want to interact with those people? Those people don't mean nothing to me. And then she just dragged me there and made me play with the kids and discuss. And I was just like, <laughs> I just disappeared again. I went back to the same spot until maybe, uh, let's say, a few years later, my mom was like, tell me, yeah, you never like to talk with kids. You never like to interact with people. I was like, yeah, I know. I hate people in general. I said, no, because what your teacher told me back in preschool is that he was just there sinning and doesn't want to interact. And uh, Do you have siblings? What was it? Um, shit. Hello? You good? No, I'm good. No. So what she said is that that me, uh, it was a concerning issue with me. Because I just, I self-isolated myself. And, I mean, I, I, I mean, I, I, my mom was saying, does, does this concern you? It's like, no, why would it concern me? I'm, I'm like, even at, like through that age, just when I was maybe four or five, if I don't remember, I isolated myself against the world. Through middle, elementary school, middle school, even high school, even parts of college at the time. Because 
personally, I just don't want to interact with people. And I guess it was a, just a strong connection with my anxiety and my issue with communicating with people because, well, obviously they pick on me throughout my entire life for me tucking my clothes in, dressing appropriately. I wasn't the typical cool, uh, typical kids. I was more stick like your an hand outcast. in the urinal. Yes, exactly. But even like the funny thing is, I even have friends of outcasts that even outcast me. So I'm an outcast of an outcast. That's how bad it was. And I really generally don't care about what they think about me. I just I just go with my day. I'm just here to just do my part of school, learning and shit, and then that's it. But I'm not here to interact with certain individual and try to look cool or shit. It's just not me. It's just, I mean, some people will do. They'll go as far as like to betray others and they just try to be cool, part of the cool kids. Hell, when I was a bully at the time, and then they made me shove... Like those, look one of those tar barks. You know those ones in the school that yeah, they yeah, have yeah. those wood yeah, types of the shredded yeah, wood, yeah. wood tips. Yeah, yeah, something like that. They made me shove it in my mouth, and they were laughing in the most sadistic way. And one day when we were at this uh, trip to San Francisco, the science museum, the same bullies thought it was a good idea to have one of their friends eat black sand, and just it in their mouth. Oh, who died? I wish he did because I would have had the best karma revenge there, but no. So when we were leaving, I just saw him in this wheelchair, and I just I, in the way I had like some of a like a fucked up pleasure. I was like, "Yeah, you deserved it, bitch." Yeah. Then I guess after that, I, that's the last time I saw him until high school, maybe on my senior year, and I kept reminding him, "Oh, wait." You're the motherfucker that bullied me, making me eat shit that I don't want to, huh? And he's like denying so many, fa- denying it as much as you say, I don't know what you're fucking talking about. Like, oh, yes, you did. Yeah, I remember. What is it you just said? That I'm a freak? Oh, yeah. And I can guarantee you, no matter how many times he could deny it, it's always going to reflect on him. And I can assure you, I will find him. But if you listen to this or not, I know who you are. You're not who you're seeing him. You're just an asshole. And, and and that just that just reinforced my distrust with people. And like I guess, and then I guess then when it goes through middle school, uh, I'd say there's more betra- some betrayal, but more like exploitation because I was pretty smart at the time. Me knowing math and shit, English was not my strong point. Let alone science and uh, let alone science. I, I was very bad. I have a learning disability they put me in special ed which is a common stereotype if you're in special ed you're a retard or you need special needs i said no you don't you're just having a hard time learning that's it it doesn't mean that you have a you need to do your like how some people have a hard time learning when it's closing time at your job yeah (laughs) i mean so when people that are random and they just show up out of nowhere and saying oh hey um can we be friends and then i say yeah and then we'd be friends for a little bit and then when they find their uses and they don't see me useful, they just go away and disappear like as if I was a fucking ghost. Let me, let me, and I get, I, I'm listening. You are going kind of fast though, but let me interject. Cause yeah, this, I am, I am listening. Um, I hope you don't think that I'm making fun of you. Cause I wanted to mention that, um, not, it's no, an no, honor. No, no, no. Like you're very, um, you seclude yourself and all of that, but it's like you reached out to be on the podcast. So it's kind of like, I guess it's a little curious, like, dang, what made you want to get on? But with that being said, uh, no, man. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're a funny guy. Um, maybe some of it that I think is funny 
could actually just be you and it could be, um, what's it called? I've been thinking about this a lot because there's some people that I've talked to that might not 100% mentally be okay. And I, f- I don't want it to come off like I'm making fun of them. I, I just oh, no, see like look. potential. So it's like, um, um, hold on, shut up, Benny. I'm, t- I'm saying something. I'm talking, I don't know if you hear my cat. Um, see, I'm slow. I'm trying to explain. <laughs> no, you're fine. Look, no, yeah, I just I think you're a funny guy. I'm making fun of my, uh, my ways or anything. I just don't care. I mean, at the time I did care, but eh, I just stopped. So when people make fun of my issues, I was like, look, that's fine. I mean, to me, it's my issue and it's my personal problems. So if you're going to make fun of me, then that's okay. But at least be honest if you confront with that, then I'll be okay. But if you don't know me and you're just like random stranger to tell me, hey, you're, you're stupid. I was like, dude, you don't know me and I will fight you. <laughs> yeah, if yeah. we're friends, I get it. I get it. We could, I could fuck around and just go around. And are you say, like, you know, are I'm you fine. Italian or something? Random stranger, I'm going to fight you. Are don't you... come from, do not do that. What is... we don't, I don't even know you. And yet for some reason you give me an attitude and say, I'm stupid. I was like, bitch, I'm going to fight you. I don't care what gender you are. I'm about to throw some hands. <laughs> what What is your ethnicity? Are you Italian or something? That's the most common issue. I'm trying to do a DNA swap. That's what I want to see. Oh, you, you don't know, even know what you are? When my father's my father side is from Latin America, obviously, but he's mostly uh, an indigenous tribe with El Salvador. I'd say the, because interestingly enough, El Salvador was the, like only the very few tiny countries that what, were. What part not of Mexico in, is El Salvador in again? Like, it's in Central America, right next to the border oh. of Guatemala okay, and uh, Honduras and Nicaragua. But mm. interestingly enough, with the Spaniards trying to colonize the entire Latin America, El Salvador did not see them as a god. So they go, revolted against it. And so it's not like Mexico where the ethnicity is almost like almost Caucasian, about like maybe 69% of the population in Mexico is Caucasian. It's not like that. My father's like, like his skin is brown dark like not african-american skin tone but like darkest brown like it's good color even at the sun it just looks nice so and then my mother's side she is like snow like white as shit you could mistake her as like caucasian american and i guess that's how she managed to even get to the united states border and managed to get like no suspicion with the police even at chicago and during the early 80s she managed to get it but on my father's side it's like uh, I guess he did. I mean, it was in the '80s, so discrimination was still a common thing during high school. I can assume, but I don't know. Uh, but no. So my father's obviously coming from El Salvador, but my mother's side—it's an interesting twist because my mother is coming from very down south of the border. We're talking about right next to the edge of the border of Guatemala and Mexico. It's in a province region of Chiapas, so it's true, like true Hispanic culture over down there. To be honest. But then, uh, but her side, it's more like uh, one of her family, distance longest family members come from Italy in Sicily as a priest, decided to come to Mexico, which resided in Chiapas, which there is an Italian community inside Chiapas. It's just right on the coast. So that's backing, reinforcing the uh, uh, the ancestry right there. So mm. that I know I'm probably half Italian and Hispanic. So that's good news. But... Aside of that, yeah, I mean, I'm just, I mean, no matter what they tell me, I'm still American. Like, right. look, dude, I'm, I'm like, I'm American. I speak English. I am I'm truly patriotic of this nation. So by God, if you disrespect me and my nation, I'm going to come after you. I'll punch <laughs> your fucking mouth. 
don't you ever diss me like that again. I mean, like, as much as I hate this United States system and its federal government and its incompetence, I, this is my nation, my problem. So I will, by God, you come here, invade this country, I'm going to find you, and I'm going to kill you. Don't <laughs> I mean, when I... When I get, <laughs> and when I heard the news in New York, how they declare almost like a state of emergency because they were letting in like thousands of illegal migrants. And the fucked up part is, is that they pampered them with four star hotels in downtown Manhattan and then giving them like special treatments like phone call centers, Xbox, nice bed, three star, uh, three course meals and a nice warm uh, like warm bed i'm like how the fuck these people the state of new york is funding this while the homeless people down there are struggling day by day or the people that are struggling their rent and they're now making airbnb impossible to use because they made a pass the law and i'm just saying this is totally unfair it's, and the reason why they're doing this so they keep themselves in power so they use the illegal migrants to say hey you vote for me then i stay in power then you get the special treatment while i can fuck over the americans by the law they have to abide you can't but they have to it's the what is that it's a term for it it's rules for d but not for me yeah rules for c not for me so it's kind of a it, it, it's just it's tragic and and i see these people betraying their own country just for their own political and agendas their gain so they can stay in power thinking that they are untouchable but i can assure you the people in staten island they're not having it they are they are going this far to get themselves arrested and stopping buses from migrants to come in and they're going far as terrorizing the uh, migrants to let them know hey you're 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 just messing with the wrong people this is our home we've been here you're just being let in to whatever you want and with no repercussions you're you think that you are living the american dream no i can assure you the people that are giving you shelter they're just putting you in your place so you can vote for the idiots in power and, and that's what i'm saying i don't believe that i mean i guess yes Look, if you want to come to this country, you have to do it the right way. But the problem is doing the right way, it takes time and money. So when my mother did this, she got her citizenship maybe at 2012, I can remember. So that's like a, almost a 30-year gap of her trying to retain her citizenship. Well, you, when you're an illegal migrant coming to the United States, you don't need a, a citizenship. Why, why bother? You could just get yourself a nice course meal funded by the state or by the government, and you don't need to work for shit. Why, why should I work, and why should I pay my taxes, our taxes, actually, to pay these idiots coming into our country, giving, giving them money? It doesn't work like that. I mean, it should have been us that were being, being treated first. We should have affordable health care. While it's not easy to get insulin for people, but at least give have it like a way where the American uh, the American can get affordable health care, a good food and stuff. But no, they're just treating them as if they were like uh, peasants. It's like it's, what's your it's what's tragic. your uh, what's your example of good food? Uh, I mean, I don't say like like us high exclusive like hollywood type food like where it's exquisite for some no something like very good like something decent where it's hot and like hearty meal like uh chili that's a good example like warm chili with a piece of bread and drink something that will get you by nutritious simple but yet good 
not like you need a lobster or like a filet mignon with a, like with a special wine that is 200 years old or something. Oh, no, I you don't like need that. that. You need some basic food that would get you by the day. Nothing special. Okay. But a peanut butter sandwich. What? Uh, like a peanut butter sandwich. Like that's like at least that's good food. <laughs> I would say that's dessert, but yeah. Okay. <laughs> No, but I'm, I'm just like, and it hurts me because the, the veterans that went through combat and what, no matter what war they are serving in, they deserve more than just like MREs, MREs and stuff. They, they, they come back home already, depending how bad their trauma is and they deserve better. But while they're not getting the affordable healthcare, look, I dealt with patients that are coming from the VA and they're saying that their their VA is failing them badly. And they're saying that they don't trust them. So, and then it puts me in my head and that perspective. Why should I even trust the United States government if they could trust, the, if they cannot even trust them, their own veterans that they fought for their nation? Do you think, um, you think something like the draft will ever come back in our lifetime? I can assure you, maybe sometime soon, but not now, not never. But I can assure you, if there's another war coming by, oh, I can promise you they will get involved immediately, faster than they ever find, like if they can find evidence of false news or something. They barely just found uh, the guy who killed Tupac. Yeah, I mean, it's not relevant, but yeah. Yeah. Um... Oh, okay. We're. I feel like we could go on for a while. You got a lot to say, but I'll say this to get this out. Um, with your anti, so yeah, you never really truly answered my question of like, what made you want to hop on the podcast? With your anti-social behavior, to ramble. So just felt like this was a spot. Have you ever listened to an episode? I won't be offended if you never have. No, I think I, no, I did listen to a few when I was driving my uh, trip to San Ramon, which that you did saw me spill my hot coffee. So that's the example. Oh, that's funny. Um, that's funny how I somewhat played a part in it after. <laughs> dude, it was hot coffee. And, yeah. But immediately when I tried to grab my cup, it, it plopped in my, like in between my legs and it spilled hot coffee everywhere. And I started panicking and it burned. So, <laughs> I tried to like take it off immediately and then open the window of my car while I was driving like 70 miles per hour to let it cool off my garage. So, and then I had to contact my manager. I was like, Hey, I gotta, I'm going to be late. I, I, I think I just spilled hot fucking coffee all over my pants. And then, uh, and I guess that's why I started recording. I was so pissed because I like to keep my car clean and, and like in excellent condition. I don't, and I never like to have a dirty car because I already experienced my father having a dirty ass car. And I, if you want to know how dirty it is, one day um, he brought his dog inside his car and he moved it a little bit and the dog shat all over the back seat of the car oh. and he left it there. He oh. cleaned it a little bit, but he left it there. And so I don't, I don't like dirty cars. I will go ick if I even see an ounce of like, not an ounce, but if I see so much trash and spilled juice everywhere. Yeah. I will not sit. I could. I'd rather walk or take a car. Oh. My car. Um. So yeah, basically, you got a lot to say, oh, yeah. <laughs> right? Um. I mean, I could go as. F- I mean, look. I. I. I mean. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, like you said, I have a lot of things that trust me. There are some good funny shits which I do have, and there's also 
interreality type shit. Where, like, for example, the pharmaceutical world, where I would like to have you. I would like to have you meet my friend Peter one day and we do a collab episode between the two of you. I feel like that'd be interesting, and it's way above my my realm, and I could just be um, a fly on the wall in conducting it or the producer for that. I feel like that would be really great content. 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 yeah, no, so I can see. I'll book you for that. Like, I mean, in this culture, well, when it comes to people in the pharmacy, people, I guess the normal people don't see it like that. They think that we just sit there or stand there all day in our computers that do nothing. But in reality, that's not the case. What happens is what we do first if we receive a prescription from the doctor's office, whether it can be diabetic, diabetic medication, psychotic medication, antidepressant, whatever, you name it, we need to be sure it's verified. Now, if it's serious medications like narcotics, let's say narco, we need to be sure what the, if this is the right doctor because sometimes they could forge, I mean, to last, I'd say, two years ago. One of the patients decided to come in with a paper slip of Norco written, and this was obviously forged document. So it's already a fel- it's already a felony with someone having false documentation of the doctor. We told the patient, "This is not right because the doctor doesn't exist in the system." Well, the patient did not like that because he started yelling, threatening our jobs, and saying, "Well, if I don't get my medication, I'll report to the corporate for discrimination." And I was like, "And we told her this. That's fine." <laughs> But we're not going to give it to you, and we'll keep this as evidence. So you haven't, you could go somewhere else. Or well, actually, we didn't keep the uh, document. We made a copy and then give her the original document, and then she never came back, and we never heard a report. So that's one case. So we need to be sure we verify the doctor's name, address, DEA uh, numbers, and stuff like that, just to be sure it's correct. After we get that through, we need to be sure what the doctor wrote. If the patient is taking twice a day or once a day, three times a day, whatever. We need to be sure how much it's going to last to the patient. So let's say if this patient is taking twice a day and it's a, and there's 60 tablets, that sums it up for one month supply. But Sometimes the doctor can be very unspecific and it will drive us insane. So if the doctor said take one tablet 40 days, we're going to be confused. I'm like, what do you mean by 40 days? So we have to call the doctor to verify the prescription. And sometimes the doctor can make a mistake. And so if we manage to get it done, we have to be sure if we have it in our inventory. For some reason, doctors like to think we're the pharmacy. It's like the candy shop of medicine. We have this and that. One day when I was in San Ramon, a patient, like a doctor, come in with a written, uh, like with a screen that says liquid morphine, and I was scratching my head. Who the fuck has liquid morphine? I was like, I was baffled. Even the, the, even the pharmacist was like, Yeah, we don't even have liquid morphine. Like I don't even think our wholesaler has liquid morphine. And so we contact, we try to get a hold to the doctor, and we didn't get a response until maybe a week after. Finally, he decided to get his fucking phone on we told we can't we don't even have more this kind of medication here Uh, and we don't even have it i don't even think any pharmacy whether it's walgreens cvs rite aid whatever this is a hospital grade liquid morphine so that has to be within the pharmacy in the hospital there so the patient got i guess she was in pain but she was on a 
I guess she cannot ingest anything, so she had to rely on tubes to ingest it for her. So liquid morphine was the only reason. So when we tell the doctors, hey, that has to be inside the hospital. You cannot, we cannot, we can't get it. There's no way. So that's, I mean, that's one way. And the husband was understandable, thank God, because if so, she would have gone ballistic and say, I need that medication. My wife is sick and she can't get in and it's your fault. No, it was the doctor's fault. I'm sorry to break your bubble, but your doctor is a fucking idiot. That's what he is. That's that's prime. Uh, that's one case. And then, uh, da, 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 da. once we once we get the prescription in inventory, if we have it, then we fill it. If we don't have enough, then it should be have some. But if we don't have enough, we could give a parcel depending if it's uh, if it's something that we can get. But if it comes to narcotics medication or anything controlled, we cannot parcel it out. We cannot do that because it's obviously against uh, federal law. So if it's like diabetic medication like metformin, yes, we can give a partial and give it to them. But aside of that, then this goes with the insurance, whether the insurance will pay for it or not. So let's say OptumRx, which is a private, depending if you're, uh, if it's, um, there's two ways. It could be private or it could be state funded. So say if private insurance of Optum, it will cover it, but only it depends on what situation. It could say, hey, this uh, this plan is only requiring the you know, brand medication instead of a generic. And it could, it could go either way. So there's so many opportunities. There's so many ways that can screw you up. So... It, it, that's the inside of it. If we manage to get a, a good deal with the pay, uh, prescriptions, say if it's coming down to 20, like for one month supply of medication for five bucks, then that's a good deal. But sometimes people can be unpredictable. They can come in and say, oh, I have a discount. Uh, can I put that in, in my prescription? And you're like, fine, okay, I could do it. And if, if they're not satisfied, then you're like, why, why bother? The medication is five dollars, and why you give me a discount that only gives you like a couple cents off? Or in some cases, it can make it worse, which it can increase the prescription cost. So it, it can go either way. It just never goes to your favor, depending on how bad the situation it get. So, and depending how volatile the people are, I'd say there's three categories for me when it comes to people when it comes to sensitivity. If I'd say category one, it's normal. You could have a conversation. You could be okay. You can agree with some people or not. Uh, when it comes to apologies, it, it goes 50-50. But then category two is the semi-sensitive. So people that are like not right in the head or sometimes are like having a bad time or they're like, I don't know, like in, in some special occurrences in their lives, if we go a bit cautious about them. We try to be much more uh, cautious. Our words, our, our, our time. We usually like to be friendly with them, try to make them feel like they are okay with us so they don't think that we're being the aggressor. And when it comes to things that they want, they're talking. So, for example, a guy... He was transitioning to a woman. So even though he said he identifies a woman, we had to go along with it. He said, yeah, we, you, no, you're a woman. Yeah, yeah, it's perfectly right. We had to keep it cautious because or else we will upset them and then that will lead to like a loud fist fight. 
And then category three is the sensitive, obviously, where it's people that are like antipsychotic medications, addicts, uh, uh, psychotic addicts, homeless, uh, or anyone who's mentally unstable. Uh, we treat them very cautiously. We will always have to keep our guards high up because you never know if that person has, even if they're, if they're in a good mood, still, you have to keep it cautious. Like, any word you say will piss them off or it will make them that emotional. And, and one day, I, I'd say one of the employees who was, like, we told this, we, the pharmacist just told the employee, how was your day going? And she got offended really quickly and told us, why do you say that, huh? Why? And we were just we told her this. We're just asking how your day is. We're not threatening you or anything. So it just goes either way. And it's I mean, the more crazy they are, the better you memorize them and know their patterns and make sure at least you know what to do afterwards. If the person is okay, then you could probably make a somewhat of a tiny conversation. But I mean, at all costs, for the love of God, you do not want to piss them off because it, it will it. <laughs> It would just it would just make things worse for both of you, uh, for you and the patient, and then the people who's looking at them. There, it just never goes well. And I think one day a lady who was coming in, she wants to get albuterol for his kid. And what the problem was is that her medical insurance was been declined, so she had to pay a po- out of pocket of six hundred dollars. She threw a tantrum in front of her two kids and everybody, holding up the pharmacy for t- almost an hour. And so when the paramedics arrived, she was over-exaggerating and telling the paramedics this, that my son is dying. He's not getting his albuterol. And then I look at the kid, uh, I wanted to say something and say, your kid is fine. He looks pretty much okay. But I say quiet. And the people around them were saying, yeah, your kid is okay. He's not having an asthma attack or anything. And, and when she said she's going to pay out of pocket, it didn't even make a dent. She paid maybe $92 out of $600 of that. And I was just about to laugh because I'm like, lady, we're not giving it to you. That albuterol cost $600, and you pay $92 out of that. So what are you going to do? She immediately left and never returned. And, th- and that's one of the prime examples. You never know if these people are going to have a bad day, good day, or a chaotic episode. It just It's always interesting in many ways. <sighs> Thank you for your service. <laughs> it's all right. It is fun, like me learning medication, but also interacting with people. Even though I hate people, but at least you know what's their lives going into. Some of them even, give, if you're good relations with the person, then uh, they can give you something. But it's against corporate policy that a patient gives you a, a gift. But sometimes we let it slide under the radar because some of them give us free coffee and donuts. So we be like, oh, yeah. thank you, thank you. Okay, oh, yeah. okay. Hey. Um, you, uh, you, you, are an antisocial person, but um, how are? Yeah, I mean, there's two sides of me. And when it comes to work, I'm very sociable, but you have to be forced to, because obviously you cannot be antisocial in work. Unfortunately, that's not the case. I could be, 
again, I mean, and then when I get home or in my private life, then yeah, I am an antisocial person. I just don't want to be around with people. It's like my social battery has been depleted. Yeah, that yeah, I I feel like I get exhausted quick with social interactions. But I was gonna ask. I've been trying to get to this maybe like eleven ten minutes ago. Would you ever consider doing stand up, like just an open mic or something? Try to get like five, write five minutes of jokes, tell a story about your fucking putting your hand in the urinal or whatever or something like Actually, that. Actually, you know, I, despite that past memory being tragic or maybe more traumatic, it is reflecting now funny. So, yeah, I think I may have a chance. But at the same time, I'm just like, I don't know how to write it up. I mean, I could just go random and see how it goes you seem kind of naturally funny at least for me and what i find funny i feel like you say things accidentally like when you started getting heated about being an american and talking about killing somebody like that was funny to me <laughs> i just and the energy that you have and a part of me is like it's not acting in a way but he kind of is i don't know but i feel like it fits i feel like you could just kind of like I feel like it works. I mean, I mean, when you're just talking to friends, you know, but if I'm a, if, I, <laughs> if you're a total stranger and I barely know you and maybe, you know, we wanted to meet in person and you were to start yelling like that, maybe I'd kind of be like, oh shit, should I be worried that this guy's going to snap like the, but you seem all right there in the head. Um, you just, you just talk a lot. That's it. But there's nothing wrong with that. It's just more like, and you're an antisocial guy. So I was like, I mean, I just met you, you know, Raymond's the one who recommended you to me a little bit. And, um, yeah, because I know Ray, we talk a lot and sometimes I take out a proportion and it, sometimes it can be very good or very bad when it comes for me to talking. Mm. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I mean, I say a lot of things that I don't meant, but you know, but some people, I mean, when I, I mean, I, Raymond I sends like me a lot of gay do. shit. I'm going to say this on air. Raymond sends me a lot of gay shit and it's almost like. Out of yeah, all, out of all my friends, him. he's probably the gayest one. And there's nothing <laughs> there's nothing wrong with being gay. I'll say that. There's nothing, no. But it's more like, well, he's never came out. You know what I mean? But he it's just, it's a lot of gay shit. And it's like, I don't see him often, but it, it seems to be increasingly more gay throughout the years. It used to be a little bit like, okay, that's all right. He finds he that funny. He tried to kidnap me. And do what? I was like, I was leaving work, and Ray wants to say, "Hey, can you help me out with something?" It was in the parking lot. I was like, "Yeah, what is it?" Hey, I need you to grab something out of the trunk. Immediately for me, that was a red flag. I never trusted Ray when it comes to that shit. I would never trust him with anything regarding if it was my life or death situation. So I told him, "You open the trunk." He's like. Okay, fine, I'll open a trunk, and then you grab it for me. I was like, okay, fine, but what is it? He never said anything. So when he opened the trunk, I was like maybe five feet away, and I could just see the trunk. And I was like, I told him, Ray, Ray there's nothing in the trunk. What, are you, what is your goal? He's like, ah, trying to put you in. <laughs> it's like, oh, good job. You failed. How do you feel being a failure? And then I went back inside the store, pleading for help. I was like, "Help me! I'm being, I'm being, I'm being a witness of a kidnapping." Were you? I, never, I mean, like you mentioned, Ray's has been like weirdly gay for some reason. I mean, maybe you know more than I do, or better than I do, but. Yeah, man, he sends me, he, I mean, I don't really have any friends that send me a lot of gay things, but there's like humor behind it, 
that makes you be like, oh, well, like that's the that's a mass. But when you send a little too many gay funny memes or something, it starts being like, so what do you how do you really feel? <laughs> and that's all right. And, that's, and then I mean, you question like, why? Why? Why are you telling me this? Like, am I, am I something that I, like I take pleasure for you or something? I don't know, but um, yeah, you're young, dude. Were you born in 2000? I was born directly at 2000. Yeah. Mace. Wow. So, so you don't remember 9/11? 9/11. That's crazy. Wait, what? I said you don't remember 9/11, huh? No, I do. I remember vividly. You're like one year. Yeah. Old. You're like one year old. You're not supposed to be making memories, so you're like fucking. No, no, this is pretty interesting because I know how age work. I know how memories work. But when I was a kid, I mean, I, for the love of God, I memorized the shitty carpet apartments that they had. It was very garbage carpets. That's how bad I remembered. And it was a box. Obviously, it was a box TV with a old remote that I record. I still remember. It. It's like square and then a square buttons each at a time. And the couch was black and white. I remember I wasn't I wasn't looking at the TV, but I was looking at my dad exactly at that moment. Him staring at the TV, and I don't know why at the time until I turn around just just stare at the TV with him. And I remember it was like a morning. It was like a it was in the morning, like where the sun was still like it was directly at my face, and it was like eight in the morning or something, if I can remember. Seeing like the towers on fire. And I never understood why until then. But that's the only thing I remember at that time when I was one. Until maybe if I was seven or eight, that's when I started watching National Geographic, often post 9-11. And the only countries that I know at the time was Afghanistan and Pakistan. It was the only two countries outside of the United States that I know. It was those two foreign nations that I have no clue what it is. But all I know is that they were bad people. They are. <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah, never forget, dude. Nine, never oh, forget. No, I can look. I can make fun of nine eleven jokes, yes, but if, but that's only jokes. If it, if they're gonna desecrate the memorial site, I will not tolerate it. Yeah, what are you gonna do about it? Kill them. <laughs> <laughs> I come to their home. It's like, so I hear you like to desecrate memorial site. Do you feel tough? Oh, I bet you feel tough. Does it make your dick hard, huh? Oh, 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 really? It's raining. Oh really? Oh, oh, you're sorry, huh? Oh, but you're not sorry when you broke this, when you just desecrated the site. Oh, really? Oh, I thought you were a tough guy. Tough guys don't apologize. Oh, let me kick in the fucking nuts. Let's see how tough you can be right there. I am. Just... After I punched my dad in the face a couple weeks back or two months ago, Paul, I felt great. How old is your? No, seriously. How old is your dad? He's 50. He was in the 70s, directly born in the 70s, so 50-something years old now. Why'd you punch him in the face? I mean, what happened is that my sister got a text from him that night, and he was asking, hey, where are you you at? And my sister replied, I'm in the movies with his boyfriend. And my father got upset with that. And she, and he wrote a, like a text message. I don't remember what it was, but he said this, that you shouldn't be in the movies with that loser or something. Mm. Wait, wait, hold on. I want to be sure if he's not listening. <laughs> so, so you live with him? 
<laughs> yeah, and we still don't talk. <laughs> I don't even think even eye contact get him at all. Jeez. So, I mean, that pissed me off because when my sister came when look, when I was playing my video game at that night, so when my sister came in home, she slammed the door and she went directly to her mom's room and talked. And then when my sister was in her room, I thought she was asleep. So what happened was I went to my mom's room and said this. Hey, what happened to Yara? Is she mad or something? He said, yeah, your father made her cry. It's like, I think at that moment, I, I did not let that slide. Because my sister did everything for him. She goes to soccer with him. She goes walking with him. Do anything for him. For me, I do the opposite. It's more like my mom because I like to help her out. So me hearing that, it was like, you know, you know that uh, American Psycho where Kirsten Bale was being outcompeted by the guy with some card and it, yeah, it yeah, zooms yeah. in, his yeah, face yeah. is like intense. Yeah, like Bone that. print or something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it triggered me. Out of pure anger, I went, because he shows more affection to his animals more than us. And what happened is I went to his dog and didn't, I didn't do anything hacious or heinous. I just grabbed something like a bottle of water or I don't know and threw it directly at the dogs. Not at him, but at... Directly at, at him, not at him. <laughs> yeah, and so the, they were whimpering. And my dad coming in, pissed. He's like, what the fuck are you doing? I said, like, what the fuck are you doing, huh? And said, you treat my sister like shit? And then... <sighs> I mean, in, in his defense, he was trying to, like, intimidate me by throwing shit. But all I know is that it, it wasn't facing me. I, w I know damn well that he was making a huge bluff, like, as if he was going to threaten me. So I stood my ground, and we fought. And for, for, and then when he was putting me on a chokehold, I swear I punched his face or headbutt him. I don't remember. And the cops, and I, I mean, this was that night where... I confronted him while he was putting me on a chokehold or something. Hey, if you're gonna, if you think you're a tough guy, you might as well just kill me right now. Choke me right now. I'm here. And he didn't do. He didn't say nothing. He just stood there. And I was, although being restrained by him, that I told him that you better kill me right now while the cops are coming in, because I'm not gonna put up with your shit no more. You're gonna go down with me. I'm going. I will go down. You're gonna meet me in hell. I'll meet you in hell. So the cops arrived for the first time. It was being handcuffed, and in that way, a person, whenever they get handcuffed, they feel like something went wrong in their lives. But for me, it was a sense of relief. I felt relief for the first time that I actually did something for once for my family, which was defending my sister. If it was my mother, I probably will. But me. Getting uh, me being detained by the police, and the cops are asking me questions. And I say, "That are you alright?" And I guess that heated moment was gone. So I was like breaking down tears, knowing that I was not going to be putting up with the verbal abuse coming from this man. And I get it. My father is not a perfect man, but that doesn't give you the excuse to treat your daughter like shit. You can treat people like shit, but not your own family. Uh, and after that, when so wait, what, when the what, cops ex what left, exactly did he say he, that like triggered you? It, all I remember is you said that you shouldn't be going out with that loser. And what else did he do? 
And no, that's that was the only thing in. And then she he berated her like as if uh, as if she was a total stranger that you were such a loser for dating that guy. And it's like I don't understand why you're dating with this piece of shit and you're just stupid or something. I don't know. That's what that was in my head at the time. And after the cops left and my sister was sitting next to me, she was telling me this that when she was talking with my dad or with his dad when I was talking with the cops at the time, my sister saw his face. Uh, my sister saw his face and it was swollen, like fucked up swollen. And and my sister was shocked. And my dad was like, she telling her this, that your son, your brother, he, he fucked me up real good with that. And for the first time when I said that, I was in dis- I was in-, in denial. Like I told my sister this, no, nah, you're fucking kidding me, right? It's like, yeah, no, you punched his face. And I said, like, no, I could have sworn I saw he had a swollen face when he got out of the car. Because th- I-, I thought I- that's what I saw. And no, she's like, no, before you uh, punched him, he was fine. And then afterwards, you punched his face? Yeah, that got swollen real quick. And... I, my hand was shaking because I never felt this kind of emotion. And I felt, in the first time, I felt relieved and I, feel, I have total control. And I felt like I could actually stand up for once. I mean, I was testing his limits at the age of 15, see how far I can go and get in trouble. And this guy, he's all talk. He's not, this. I mean, he is physical, but he's not, really to the point where he's gonna and you're gonna end up with a death match no it's just talk so i mean afterwards when i came back from mexico after that fight um yeah he and i don't talk we, we don't exchange we don't exchange contacts or anything we just stay we just stay in our separate areas and i guess that's made me feel like i have some confidence left because that guy is the guy who put me down at the worst times and moments. Put me in the edge of suicide for telling me that he doesn't give a shit about me. I mean, and that goes through your own family. If there's somebody like your employee, your friend, or some random stranger, I get that. Because they don't know you. But when it's your own blood, the parent that raised you, that hits different. And that kept me in the edge of suicide through early college. And... And I don't know what to do. I was debating if I should jump off or or disappear like a ghost. But no, it didn't get through me because I said this, I ain't, I ain't going to quit like that. I am not going to end up dead in the news because of a guy pushed me to my limits. I said no. Nowadays, so, you probably wouldn't even get on the news because there's so much shit going on, you know? No, exactly. It's so, it's so common. I mean, even, it just happens. Hmm? It's just like suicide and stuff is so common. It's just kind of like, you know, maybe around exactly. the neighborhood and shit, people will know. But uh, it's very rare, unless you do something crazy, which kind of sometimes goes into my theory of people who do heinous crimes and stuff. It's a lot of it yeah, is just no, like wanting exactly. attention. Like, I mean, people that are suffering mental illness, they'll go through a mass killing spree. I've seen, I seen a lot of, I mean, and there's something about my father I have to appreciate, despite his abuse that he showed me things in the world that it could be ugly at a very young age. The Sandy Hook shooting, when I was four, I don't know how old I was at the time, but I was probably 13. 
he made me watch the news of the Sandy Hook killings and then read the news. He told me this, that you read or read it. When I come back home, I want you to give me a full detail of what happened. And it, it, it just opened me a new eye to the world that this world can be very cruel. And at the same time, my father taught me that if you're going to be homeless in the street, you better be not one of those homeless that are there begging for money. You survive. And if I ever have the chance, if I have the unfortunate demise, if I'm going to become homeless, then I can use the tools. Plus, I know a few you know, places have been vacant for so many years, and I could squat there, and they will not even open that building. The one in the Home Depot, the gardeners, I could get that money and build the house inside of an old store. Something like that. Even if I have no experience, but it's better than living outside. Better My dad told me he to- would just like gather a lot of shit, like pack really heavy and go out to like the mountains or something. Something like that. But I, I mean, but if you live in the mountains then you have to actually survive. Yeah. But I mean, you could still just come back into town. I don't know. I mean, I have many. I know many unoccupied for decades. So, I mean, the I mean, in order to own a property without paying, you have to squat there for at least five years. So, I know one building in particular has been used, and I can I could take advantage of it right now. And if anybody sees me, I say I've been living here five years, and I say, oh, technically the guy is right. State law saying if you're here for five years, you can own the building now. So that means I have the full rights of a property. Sure, the state may take it away, but at least I own it. It's a lie, basically. <laughs> it's a stupid law. I, I know. It's crazy. But, uh, but yeah, those are the things that he taught me at that young age. But the one thing I will not take is the abuse, the verbal things that he say to me, including my sister and goes with my mom. I will not do this to my own kids for the love of God. Would you sometimes, would you rather just be in jail than be homeless? Because at least in jail, you get, you kind of get like a bed and shit. I mean, yes, you can. But at the same time, you're limited towards the world around you. You're in a cell block that is impenetrable. Yeah, you get no and sure, you got limited information you, you when it comes the to movie. the library. Yeah. But as a homeless... There's a public library that you can use, and they cannot discriminate you just because of your income. So you can go in there, take as much many knowledge you can, and utilize that skill and try to do something better for yourself. Hell, a guy in Stockton who was a homeless dude started selling hot dogs and actually made a good living wage afterwards. He's living in a nice home. So that proves me that even if you're at your lowest point in life and you're homeless, you can still try to redeem yourself. Even no matter how dick ridiculous it can be, you can still try to overcome that. Good lesson. We learned a lot today. Yeah, and I mean, like I said, I and although I despise this guy, as much as I want to dis- discredit him, I can't because the things that he gave me, those assets, I'm gonna, take, I'm not gonna take it for granted because it's something that I actually appreciate for life. And my father grew up very, very poor back in his home country. He grew up dirt poor, for example. Before even I, when the war started in 76, he was six years old. And he had to see a lot of gruesome stuff at that age. Dead bodies, bullets, 
one day when he had a real talk with me at the age of 14, he said this, that when in the car, that before he fell asleep, it was, an, it was just a well-lit street, nothing, nothing wrong. But then the next day, the only thing he saw was bullets, blood, everywhere. And that's something that you cannot unsee as a kid. As an adult, you can justify as much as you can, saying that, yes, this guy is an idiot for killing, for shooting, like, a, a, for the military shooting innocent civilians because there was a curfew order. Yes, this guy had it coming. But as a kid, you don't know. So, uh, I mean, his trauma, it, it affects all of us. So, I mean, we try to do the best that we can to better for ourselves but if for him he reached at a dead end point he's not he's not uh he's not as ambitious he's just trying to live out his days for the last i don't know how long it's gonna last but for my mom she's still kicking she wants to even at the age of 50 she wants to fix this house up she wants to get everything nice and neat she has ambitions but for my father he has nothing the only thing he cares about is his dogs and his job that pays him very well. So he sits in the garage about 90% of his time and he doesn't do too much other than just watch some uh, sports broadcast channel. Sounds like the dream. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I wish I could do that, but I would go insane and just not, I, I need to do something in my life. Like I will not like to sit there for the, I mean, yes, I could for a certain time, but never for the rest of my life. I was comfortable then, but I'm not comfortable now because now I feel like I wasted my life. Well, actually, I wasted five years of my life because after high school, I'm trying to find out what is my job, my passion to do my job. But then uh, I was stuck in a loop and don't know what to do. I was at a certain crossroads until COVID hit and I got promoted to becoming a pharmacy. I realized that this stuff here is something I am invested in. And although the, the pharmacists tell me that is a 10-year commitment. And some people, they say, oh, okay, never mind. I'm not going to do this no more. For me, I was committed. The medicine that I know, the people, the medic insurance, all that stuff, I was so intrigued, so interested that I have her had. Well, my father wants me to go to work in PG&E and become an electrician. And yes, it was interesting, but not my something that I would look forward to. I just don't find it. It's not my... It's not. I wouldn't say passion. It was. It's just not my. Uh, it's not the way. It, it's not how I want my life to be. Electrician. No, I mean, and my sister. That goes with her because my mother did the same thing. She wants her to become a phlebotomist, but my sister like likes to do math, like accounting type shit. And when we were doing the IRS forms, when I was doing the FAFSA. I have never seen her that in like in the paper of an IRS forms in my life. I when I saw her, I was like, "You're in there deep, right?" He's like, "Oh no, it, it, it's interesting. The numbers and everything." And I told her this that you could be a great uh, not accountant, but in a great uh, what is those people that uh, like lottery number pickers. It's not like that. It's something that people that, you know if you can't do your taxes, then you have someone to do the taxes for you. Oh, right, right, right. Auditor? That, yeah, uh, maybe that. could be that. Uh, like a great auditor, a great taxpayer. Like, you could you could teach us how to do taxes, then we could probably save more money. I could see you doing that. And she, and she was like, yes, 
I actually like this stuff. This is something I want to do. And it's like, then do it. And I told her this, no matter who they are, whether it's your mom telling you not to do it, don't listen. And she's still scared of her. I try to convince her, look, your mom's just a roadblock. Once you get through that, you can do anything. I, I managed to get through my dad, despite how big he is. And he was my huge roadblock. And then once I got through him, I feel like I can do it. I can achieve something I can really, I can do it at achieving. Now my next set of roadblock is trying to find a companion or, or a relationship. My sister, on the other hand, she has that. And I'm just like, and I'm just like still like single. And I was like, uh, uh, maybe, maybe not, maybe another time, but that's it. I just, whenever I find someone else, I mean, I was in Mexico. I was just hitting up my A game. Like I was playing with every chick in this and within the region. But then when I'm here, I'm like, nah, you know what? Ah, forget it. They're not, they're not my type. But in Mexico, I'm like, jam. So Latina's your I, favorite I see- genre of woman? Yes, exactly. I guess that's why they call they got, it passport. I mean, we're in, Cal- we're in California. They got a lot of Mexicans out here. Oh, yeah, definitely. But my, my sister doesn't see the type of Mexicans, even though she's is Mexican. She said that Hispanics are just all boring now. And just like, and I told her this, yeah, you're damn mine. <laughs> she's dating like, an african-american boyfriend but not your typical stereotype african-american like where they just fuck you and then just leave you behind and stuff or no yeah he they're like in the anime and shit pretty much the most he's he proved me wrong for the first time in my life that he's different and he is he has an honest paying job a well-paying job actually he's getting promoted to be a supervisor and this is some serious stuff and he has a good credit score because of my mom, because she score. taught him to, how to build up credit score. And she, he is so faithful. I tried to sabotage him by any ways. And I was, yes, I was a piece of shit at the time, but I was testing his ground. And he proved me wrong. I was like, okay, this guy is committed. Okay, I changed my mind. I'm sorry. And when I first met him, I was very cold. And, you know, every every protective father slash brother, they will be protective. Well, how old is your sister? She's 21 now. I'm oh, okay. 23. So they've been dating since 2018. Oh, wow. And how old, yeah, is, and how was, old is he? I was surprised. Yeah. How, how old is the, uh, the boyfriend? He's 22. I'm like, oh, okay. That's he's fine. almost almost a year younger, but like a couple months short. Yeah. So... But no, he is, this guy's genuinely nice. He's too, too nice. And one day when I told him, I was like, dude, you smile too much. I was like, yeah, I know. I, I like to be positive. And it's like, don't you, did anybody tell you that they want to punch your fucking face? He's like, yeah, mostly a lot. Trust me. I was like, oh, okay. So, because he, he has a contagious smile that you want to punch his face. I swear to God, I told him that. I, I said this, dude, your smile is too contagious. Can I just punch your fucking face now? I was like, feel free. Wow. I mean, yeah, but I'm planning to come back to Mexico real soon. I, I have never, I mean, when I first went to Mexico, I was like, I was just saying, it's just another vacation. Just move it on. And then when my mom said that we're going to go back there again, I was annoyed. I was like, why are we going back there again? We just came back. And then recent when, when I recently came back, 
I felt different afterwards. Like the first few weeks, eating food, the atmosphere was not there. It, it wasn't the same as I was there before. And I don't know, the memories of me there, it was more enjoyable than it was. And I have never for the first time felt this happy. So when I was coming back here, it's just like, great. I'm going to deal with this shit. Get up, work, get bitched around by people that you don't even give a shit about. Things like that. But I'm trying to be... It's routine. Hopeful. Yep. The boring routine of every common citizen within this nation. And that's what I say. I was thinking. If I ever had the billion dollar lottery ticket and win, I'm going there immediately. And then I'm going to buy a huge plot of land and call it another version of California. Just this. And then I'll just invite some locals and actually build like a proper town and run a town properly. <sighs> well, man. Hold on, wait. Uh, I mean, we've done an hour and 40 minutes. Um, it's a lot it's a lot to digest i'm gonna have to listen back to this and uh i want you to meet my friend peter and and maybe later down the line we can we could schedule a longer episode but uh right now i'm kind of i'm i'm kind of on a fast i don't know how long it's been since i ate so i'm i'm like barely hanging on i feel like that's the most not unprofessional but bad as a host and on my part but I did. No, no, I completely got it. And anyways, I, I think I just run out of things to talk. So no, you're good, man. I, I want you. To, I want you to try so. to do comedy, though. If you ever get that itch, um, hit me up, and we'll bring you somewhere. I, f- I feel like that might be something that could help you in your life. I don't know. Maybe not. I, Who knows? Oh no, I can. I can sense that. Yeah. Um, and the, as far as. Um, your future and stuff. Two things. One, well, I feel- my future is kind of like there. I mean, I'm trying to find a different job. My job is garbage at this point now, and I cannot live under fifteen dollars now. I got to find a job that I need to find. And I was talking to my sister's boyfriend last night. Under fifteen dollars They're getting paid a lot more than I do. I'm just like, what the fuck? Like, I don't even have this money. I need this money. Wait, what's the minimum wage in California? Fifteen dollars and seventy cents. Is that what you make? I'm getting paid fifteen seventy-five. Five cents. That that's enough for them. You make five cents more than the average. When I heard about my, they're getting a raise for the employees. I was kind of hesitant until I saw my check, and I said, "So they're paying me twenty-five cents more." And you work in San Ramon. Oh no, no, uh, uh, oh. not something that is okay for me to travel, which is just down the road. That's it. So, yeah. yeah, they told me to work in a fuel station. Oh. <coughs> yeah, there's a pharmacy and a gas station? I'm kind of confused. Yeah, so they're putting me in the swing shifts. So one day, I'll say I work for two days there, and then I work three days back in the fuel station. I mean, I... I miss back working back in the pharmacy. I can I can assure you that it was something I had never felt. Like I felt like it wasn't nostalgia. It was just it, it was just me. I just miss it there. That's it. And but when it was busy, I felt like 
I have this. I have. I know what to do. It's like I, I know, but in the fuel station, it's like twice as small. You're so cramped in it. It's like the size of a, like a like a small room. It's like it's just too small that you can barely function, let alone work there. So I and I hate that. As, and as much as I have to, as much as I hate that job, I have to. Until then, I have to find another job. And I've been doing job searching, so I think I managed to find it. And security at Sacramento or the East Bay is my best chance. Or I could get my sister boyfriend to give me a like a ref, give me like a reference for some of the employees they need anymore. Because he is going to become a supervisor, so it is a huge. Um, it, it's going to be some words, so. Right. Well, I wish you luck, man. And uh, I know I, I want to have you back on. So. Uh, definitely, I'm looking forward to I'll it. I'll keep in touch. I'll keep in touch. Thanks for coming on my show. Um, I, if anybody, if you got any final uh, shout-outs or something, keep it short. But uh, no, that's cool. I don't have anyone to shout out at this moment. <laughs> All right, man. Nice talking I'll to you. I'll see you tonight. I'll see you around. Take care. All right, man. Bye. Jesus Christ, huh? Jesus Christ. All right, dude. We're done. Um, I'll see y'all later. Goodbye.